Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's popping, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I have my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, this weekend was crazy. I don't know if you guys had a chance to catch that Minnesota Buffalo game, one for the ages. We got your news and notes. We got your week 10 review. We have your waiver advice. And we also have a bit of trade deadline advice. Most people are coming up on their trade deadline either this week or next week. So we're going to give you a few little tidbits to kind of navigate through that and have a whole lot of fun doing it. With that being said, if you're looking to join us on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group, we did our first live session this past Sunday as far as giving out start sit advice DFS advice live just before the games we'll be doing that again this coming week so make sure that you join the fantasy football fiend family Facebook group and check us out on Sunday afternoon just before kickoff if you're looking to get any information to us on promos, advertising, things of that nature, fantasy football fiend, F-E-I-N at Gmail. Now let's go ahead and hop into your news and injury updates. And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So I guess we'll start out with quarterback position. There weren't any major turns of event this weekend as far as injury was concerned for the quarterbacks, but uh, just a couple of updates. Carson Wentz is approaching eligibility to return, so we'll kind of see if they're going to run with Heineke or if they're going to put Wentz back in that starting spot. Colt McCoy had a little bit of an injury scare on Sunday while filling in for Kyler Murray. It looks like he's going to be okay. He was able to return to the game, uh, so if his services are needed again this week, he should be good to go. Matthew Stafford should be good to go for this upcoming week as far as the recovering from the concussion protocol. Not really much information as far as Kyler Murray is concerned just yet. Hamstrings can be kind of tricky. Him being held out was kind of a precautionary measure. So I'm hoping, I'm thinking that he should be able to go this week, but we should have more updates as far as that's concerned by the Thursday slash Friday show. Josh Allen had a bit of a scare while on the field. He ended up having a knee injury while trying to tackle someone who he threw an interception to. Yeah, It, it didn't look good for a minute, but he was able to get back out there. That uh, elbow still kind of plaguing him just a little bit, although he didn't have a bad game. You know, that had a bit to do with some of the errant throws that he made yesterday. I know you made a comment while we were watching the game that you can kind of tell that he just ain't quite there yet. What did you kind of see from that? It seems like he has... I mean, the arm still looks strong, but it's just something missing. He's been off. He missed a lot of throws. Um, even, hell, he missed a lot of interceptions that would have probably went back the other way as well. The Minnesota defenders just wasn't able to catch it. But I just think, I don't think he's ready. I mean, 
he's out there. He can play a seventy-five percent. Josh Allen is probably better than a lot of guys. So that's pretty much what they're going off of right now. And that's exactly what his coach was thinking. Yep. <laughs> Got a few running back injuries now. This one, it could be a blessing in disguise, just depending on where you are in the pantheon of things. But Khalil Herbert ended up suffering a hip injury in week 10. He and David Montgomery were splitting carries. Montgomery was still the the lion's shareholder, if you will. Khalil was definitely uh, nipping at his toes, if you will. And it looks like he had a hip injury. Don't really have much of an update as far as if it'll keep him out next week or, you know, what the prognosis is. But definitely. Definitely something to stay abreast to. Um, this happened late in the fourth quarter. A lot of people might not even realize that, you know, he, he had gotten hurt unless you were just watching that game. But he ended up with 10 carries and 57 yards. Um, he also had two kick returns in that game as well. So the outlook for David Montgomery, if Khalil Herbert isn't able to go for the next couple of weeks, is there a big boost or does he kind of relatively stay where he has been? It's a slight boost. I'm not saying a big just boost. Just the Bills take all the damn cares. I mean, he he's bearing the ball at all time high. Uh, right, kind of what I predicted he would do at the start of the season. He just didn't buy into it, but now I guess he sees that man. This is how we gonna win. He got no other talent. Montgomery gets a slight boost because we've seen him play pretty much without Herbert getting touches, and it, mm-hmm. it's still been nothing out, you know, amazing. Because I just think Herbert is a better fit for this offense. It's still a slight boost. At least now, if you have both of them, you know which one you want to play. It kind of eliminate that factor for most uh, players. Continuing with these uh, hip injuries for running backs. That's also the injury that sidelined Leonard Fournette this week. If you guys have been listening, we've been every Monday, we've been telling you that you need to go ahead and get Rashad White because it looks like he was just organically taking over the position. But now with an injury to Fournette and the ability to kind of showcase this rookie running back, it may be at the point of no return when Fournette is ready to return. We don't have an update as far as if this is a you know long-lasting injury or what the specific stint is, but just the fact that prior to this week, they were already equal with carries. And now when given more carries, White was actually able to do something with it. I mean, this happens every year around this time where some running back gets hurt or some running backs get elevated and they end up playing a very significant role as far as the uh, stretch on the back end of the season is concerned. Do you kind of feel that's what we have in store with Rashad White or do you just kind of feel like he's just a feeling you have any injuries or any uh, bye weeks coming? Well, it all depends on his play. When he gets the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? If he goes out and he lights it up, then guess what? We don't go back. It really depends on his play. He did put up over 100 yards. He did. But let's see it next week. In the next week, you know what I mean? We don't know how long Fournette is out (laughs) for. You know, we don't know how long he's out for. But if he goes out there and he performs, hey, coaches don't go back. They're going to go with the hot hand. That's all I feel about it. But like you said before, we've been pretty much hitting the table on this guy for a few weeks now. So hopefully you already had him on your roster. Um, If you were a Fournette owner and if you wasn't a Fournette owner, now you got a gem that you can either play yourself or you can maybe move, grab Pack some more pieces. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Last couple of runbacks to speak to. J.D. McKissick, just a reminder, will be out on Monday's game. Um, he's still dealing with a neck injury. Not exactly sure how many more weeks he may be limited. Elijah Mitchell came back. And actually, and this the reason that this part is in the news is because he actually had more carries than CMC, which shocked the hell out of me. That uh, first game back, and you out, not not out snap, 
he literally had more carries than CMC. Is this just happenstance or what's going on here with your boy? Uh, this is a very easy uh, answer for this. Let me ask you a question, right? If you had two vehicles, mm -hmm. one of them was a Lamborghini okay. and the other was a, mm, a Dodge Charger. Okay. Which one you would drive more, you think? Uh, the, the everyday rider probably going to be the Charger. That's what you seen last night. <laughs> Okay. That's all it was. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go ahead and put this in the garage. We pull it out when the weekend, you know, on the weekend when I want to let the hair down, taking the wife out. You know all what right. I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to jump in the Lambo. But if I'm going to work, going to the grocery store, I'm going to jump in the Charger. And that's just pretty much what it was last night. I don't think there's anything else to see in this. I think they want right. to save him. You know, the playoffs are coming. You want to keep that car nice. Car show coming up in a few weeks. For so. sure. <laughs> so if you got a capable guy. Like, you know, Mitchell's a capable guy. He was the starter Absolutely. at the beginning of the season. So we can go ahead and throw him in there and still get production done. But when it comes down to the getting that the meat and potatoes, you'll definitely see a CMC in there for sure. And while it's fresh on my mind, Mitchell is another one of those guys that could possibly be on your waivers. Because when that CMC news came down and he was still on IR, a lot of people just dumped him out of the IR spot and put somebody else there. Just feeling like Mitchell was never going to have any type of role against. He may be a guy that you can get on the extreme cheap if you have running back issues, or he may be a guy that's free right now. Just something to keep your eye out for. Um, if he is going to be that everyday driver, any given Sunday, he could be the running back that's putting up a touchdown versus it being uh, CMCs. I would caution that to the CMC owner, and I would also caution that to those that are trying to pivot away from Mitchell versus him being a, a low-end you know, backup or fill-in if need be. Moving on to the wide receivers, man, so when it rains, it pours for the Rams. Uh, Stafford was already hurt, and now Cooper Cup is hurt. Per the coach, it didn't look good or sound good. Um, there is a little bit of optimism, though. It stated that the worst case scenario isn't what they see going on right now as far as that ankle is concerned. But that still doesn't mean a whole lot for fantasy because worst case scenario that they were fearing was season ending IR. That still tells me if they were fearing season ending IR that he's going to miss some time. I don't know how much time that sometime will kind of lend itself to be. But what's your prognosis? Did, did you did you see the injury or any replays or anything? Did it kind of remind you of anybody? That that we can kind of compare it to at all, or what's your stance on this Cooper Cup thing? I've seen it. Um, it did like it could have possibly a high ankle sprain. That's what I was thinking too when I saw it. When I seen it, he got kind of got rolled a little bit, so it mm -hmm. looked like a high ankle sprain. Since they say it wasn't a uh, serious, well, you know, he avoided season in an IR. Right. So it's probably going to be a let's say a four week injury. I'm thinking that's what I was thinking exactly. Maybe four to thinking. six. You know what I mean? But definitely probably four if it's a, a nice spring. You know what I mean? So but, okay. But let me ask you this: What happens if in four games? Because they only have three wins right now, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. What happens if in four games they haven't won very many more games and their odds of making the playoffs are nil? Do you bring Cup back? Like, what's the point at that point? I mean, he's a football player. Yeah, I agree. He's gonna want to play. They're three and six right now, but the the leader in the division has six wins, so they're not too far off. It depends on the rest of their what that record will look like in a couple right. Weeks. Absolutely. Let's say they go one and four because and the only reason I'm saying that is because Coop is the only uh, Cup is the only damn wide receiver they were throwing the ball to before he got hurt. Remember we had this right. conversation about three weeks ago. I was saying that you know if you're a Cup owner, he's either gonna win you a championship or you're gonna be highly disappointed when because of his usage he messes around and gets hurt and 
and the guy that you were depending on is no longer there. Right. I kind of feel like that's the situation that the Rams are about to find themselves in. They didn't work anybody else comfortably into the off. They were already struggling on offense and now Cup isn't there. So you have to try to make Allen Robinson a wide receiver one or Van Jefferson or whoever you're going to try to fit that square peg in the round hole. Right. Mm-hmm. It was somebody else with the Rams that got hurt. I can't remember if it was a old lineman or somebody else got hurt. But at any rate, they got a lot going on. They need to figure out what's going on. Like they need to figure this this, this run game. It need to be fixed now. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. And they like, got bodies. They got bodies, but none of those bodies are doing anything. And that's kind of the Achilles heel of the team because if the run game not working, it's hard to use the oh, play yeah. action pass and things yeah. of that nature and work that pass. So that's kind of the reason why this team has been struggling a little bit offensively due to not being able to get the run game going. But the next four games, they have the Saints. That can go either way. Yeah. I think I they, got the, they got the Chiefs, which they'll probably lose. Mm, yeah. They got the Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks, this is a game that they want to win this one. I don't know. I, the Seahawks. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying this is a okay, game that, that's going to be, they will want to win this on one. On their radar. Right. I got you. And then they have the Raiders, which again is, uh, who knows what, <laughs> who's going to show up. So if they can go three and one, or maybe even two and two, then they still, you know, it, it makes sense for them to come back and they possible they wild push. card. Yeah, for sure. We had a couple of other wide receiver injuries. Juju Smith-Schuster, man, he got clocked. When it happened, I saw it happening live, and I was fearful for him. It, it looked like the Tua situation all over again. You know what? He kind of stuck there like like his soul left his body for like two seconds, and yeah, yeah. he didn't know how to process anything. Yeah, that was that was scary to see. I don't believe he's going to be available this coming week, especially with the new emphasis that they're putting on the protocols. They kind of forced Tua to stay out, even though it was indicated that he didn't have a concussion. But okay, but (laughs) I don't see them letting him come back this week unless there's a a drastic change. I'm surprised they didn't take him directly to the hospital, to be honest with you. They they took him back to the locker room. But normally when they when they're down and out like that, they go straight to the hospital. That, That was kind of scary to see, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think with this new concussion protocol, he definitely would. He definitely probably missed next week. It's looking like they're keeping guys out for an addition, like that additional week. Yep, um, that's what so it looks like. I'm not certain. I mean, we'll see. You know, what I mean, I guess it depends on how his progression goes during the week. But from what I've seen, he he was throwing them hands up in the air and waving like they just don't care. What's yeah. that West Coast go up and can't go down? Yeah, that that, that looked like a, a weak injury for sure. Jerry Judy didn't return due to an ankle injury, and his ankle injury looked like it was pretty significant as well. As soon as they kind of start looking at him as being possibly the dude, he ends up getting hurt again. So Kendall Hinton ended up seeing a few passes due to Judy not being there. So did Cortland Sutton. But Denver's offense is still looking like it did before the bye week. I don't know if they just bought the most expensive. I I don't want to refer to Russell Wilson as garbage, but man, like God. Geno Smith is making it look like you were holding Seattle up and your play with the Broncos is making it look like Seattle was smart to get rid of you when they did versus holding on to you for one more year, which a lot of teams do, especially at the quarterback position. And they were able to get a haul. So right now, Seattle's winning, Denver's losing, and it looks like it's a Russell Wilson plus minus, you know, the Seattle got better by him not being there, and Denver seems to be about the same as they were when they had Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. So what the hell is going on with Denver? That's a collective of things. The QB play is not good. They're missing their star player. Which who they should have panicked is this if this doesn't if it isn't a sign of what should have happened week one, then I don't know what it is. Gordon is there. We've seen what Gordon is. Javonta Williams should have been handed the keys off the gate. 
He should just been yeah. the man by himself. Yeah, you're right. That, you're right. So that's number one. You made a mistake right there. You bought Gordon back. That was the first mistake. You didn't have Javante the keys. Mistake two. You hired Hackett. Mistake three. And Russ just playing poorly. Like those are the mistakes. Like Hackett was not the right coach. They're not playing. They're not making the right calls. And as far as personnel people, you're not making the right decisions. I mean, this defense is good, and it's sad that this defense has to waste all these good outings and can't get dubs off of them. That's my opinion on that. Who's on the hottest hot seat? Is it the Raiders coach or Denver's coach? Um, I must say that's a difficult one, right? <laughs> I thought both of them might have been gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they're both on they're both on hot seats. I think scorching. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would say I put you like this. I think McDaniel just he hasn't performed like they thought he would, and I think with the Hackett thing, it's just bias, remorse. You know what I'm saying? They they bought that 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 product from uh from from Crossies Wish product, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> the Wish. You know what I'm saying? It, it appeared one thing, but the size is different. It said two X, but when you got it home, it was really like a small. You know what I'm saying? Chinese so, two X is what it right, was. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much what that is when it comes to Hackett. But I just think that the Raiders thought they'd be further along as a team, being that all the guys they bought in there, and they have a really good, if you look at the, just on paper, they yeah, on paper they were supposed to be good. One of the things that is the most disappointing this season so far on paper is the Raiders' defense. I don't know what's going on with Chandler, but I thought him being on the other side of Crosby was going to make him, you know, what he was with the Patriots again. But he, I guess, he just don't have it anymore. They spent a lot of money to try to fix it, but it's just not quite clicking just yet. We'll see how that goes. Uh, might be several people that are no longer working for that organization by the time it's all said and done. Moving along to the tight ends, these kind of hurt in a world of tight end where you kind of had guys that you didn't really have to spend any capital on, but they were showing and proving. Gerald Everett ended up with a groin injury that took him out of the game on Sunday evening. Kind of had high hopes for him on yesterday with all of the other injuries that the Chargers currently have between Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, et cetera, et cetera. They're down, you know, talent all over the field and they're still trying to find ways to get it out with the injuries that they have it's it's almost unfair at this point you know expect for them to go up against the the, the big boys and come out with that w but gotta do what you gotta do next man up Gerald Everett is one of those guys that I came out of nowhere this year that we were kind of touting from the very beginning of the year that you needed to go ahead and get him. He had a growing situation going on. Zach Ertz, it's looking like he's going to have a multi-week absence, knee injury, ACL, um, appears to be intact, but they're going to have a few more looks at it to kind of make sure that they have an idea of what's going on with him. But his odds of playing this week are slim to none. He's looking at multiple games out. As far as tight ends were concerned, that's where we are there. I don't believe there were any additional injuries. You still got, uh, you know, David Njoku's hurt, Bellinger's hurt. Darren Waller was placed on IR. That kind of happened in between last show and this show. They had uh, Darren Waller put on IR as well as Hunter Renfro, as far as the Raiders were concerned. Evan Ingram still has a little bit of a back issue, but he was able to go on Sunday. That pretty much wraps up your tight ends, and that pretty much wraps up the injury report for this week. Let's go ahead and hop into Week 11 waivers. This week's waiver is going to be slightly different. I'm going to throw a few names out there, and Vander is going to let you guys know what percentage of your fab that you have left 
should be spent, whether it's spend at all, whether it's 50%, 25%, whatever the case may be. And uh, we'll kind of help you navigate through what could still be a week full of gems if you know what you're looking for on that waiver. So let's start out with the guy that, in my opinion, could mess around and be a league winner, depending on what happens. How much of your fab should you be willing to spend on Rashad White if you're in running back trouble? Oh, if you're in running back trouble, then hell, you want you... <laughs> Anything you got left? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what you got? If you're trying to make the playoffs, right? Right. I would want to spend some of that because at this point, who knows how much fab you actually got left? Now, just, just as far as a, let's say a percentage, if you got ten bucks left, or if you got a hundred bucks left, would you spend half of it? Would you only spend twenty five percent and save a little bit? Would you go for the gusto? Spend whatever you have left? Like, how high would he be on that priority for you? I would spend a third of it. Okay. Now, what about his counterpart? Because if Fournette is out and Rashad White was on 44% of roster, so he was just about inching towards that 50%. And, uh, real quick, though, that kind of depends on this injury news as well now. If he's going to be out, yeah, if, if he's out for several games, then I'll spend mm-hmm. 75% of it. Let's say we don't know the extent of his injury before waivers run. How much mm-hmm. would you risk? Because we don't know. You know, Wednesday may come around and they may say he's going on IR, or they may say he's ready for the week. If you really need it, man, run it. That's spend it all. Running back you know is saying? hard to find this time of year. Yeah, if you really, if you really in need, if you just a guy, you just, you know, you just screws McDuck. You know what I'm saying? You got all the money already, and you just, I mean, you got all the good players. It's different. But if you really in need, man, hey, push all your chips in the middle of the table. That's what I say. Now, the other half of that coin is. Currently, Keyshawn Vaughn is 0% roster. Do you wait on the Fournette news to determine whether or not you even want to mess with Vaughn? And if Fournette is going to be back at any point in time, you just leave him where he is? Or how, how does that part work? I think if you're in a deeper league, I will, you know, look at Vaughn. Uh, I think I would go to Vaughn anyway. I mean, because okay. we don't know if this guy is a full compliment kind of guy. He's usually coming on third down. True. You know I mean? That's true. Like that. So I would put some money on Vaughn as well. Put 75% on White and put the other 25% on Vaughn and grab both shit like isaiah pacheco 24 percent roster jared mckinnon 16 percent roster they're getting quite a bit more run isaiah pacheco played 55 percent of the snaps jared mckinnon played on 38 percent of the snaps kind of looking like a former first round pick clyde Edwards hilaire he's, he's kind of been put on the back burner they gave him a shot he didn't do a whole lot with it and it, it's looking like pacheco is about to take over can he be another one of those you know late year starters that ends up being one of those why the hell didn't i pick him up i had 12 weeks damn near to do it like how are we feeling about pacheco and also jared cannon if we're in the pinch at the running back position i like pacheco more i mean he's got 18 carries yesterday we're saying Correct. you know saying on that's, that that's, team that's, that's the whole volumes. Lot. Yeah. He runs yes. hard too. He runs hard. He yeah. fumble, but he hits the hole very aggressively. So definitely Pacheco, this is a guy probably who could be a late season winner. I definitely would go after him as well. McKinnon, he's definitely probably gonna be the third down guy. CH could be phased out. Who knows? I mean, this it's so tricky with them though. With uh, Andy Reese sometimes at that backfield, but I would definitely put my priority on Pacheco for sure. The McKinnon thing, maybe not so much because CH could be that role too. He can catch as well. So we don't know if they're going to split third down duties or what and let Pacheco just be the early down guy. So I would go after Pacheco. This was a sweet surprise this weekend. <laughs> Christian Watson, wide receiver for Green Bay, 5% roster, caught three of them things, three touchdowns. He had a ridiculous game um breakout game of the season for sure catching four of his eight targets for 107 yards again three touchdowns 
is this just a drop in the bucket or have they found their number one receiver? And if obviously if they have found their number one receiver, I guess the question then becomes who should you be willing to drop? Because Aaron Rodgers, number one receiver is definitely worth rostering and he's only on 5% of rosters right now. Watching yesterday's game, Rodgers has said, F it and I'm going to go with this guy. I think he's just finding his new toy. You know what I'm saying? Because he kept and going Dobbs back to the still well. out too, so I don't know how much that played into it. Yeah, but this is the guy they've been waiting on. I mean, he's the he's their per- yeah. he's their first he's their early round pick. So this is the guy they've been waiting on. He's a big body, fast. Like he, I think Rodgers feel like he didn't find him a new toy, man. So I think this is what it's going to be moving forward. I went and picked him up in our league because I need some wide receiver help due to a lot of injuries and stuff. But I, I like what I was saying. You know, it don't Rodgers don't really trust anybody. You know what I'm saying? So Facts. For Facts. him to keep going back to the well on this guy. Then they have Tennessee this week, who was horrendous. Oh, yeah, that's true. So this is a sweet matchup. So I, I definitely get him and grab him and put him in there. Speaking of needing wide receiver help, Paris Campbell was able to show and prove yet again this week. Now that Matt Ryan is back in the fold and is the starting quarterback, are we going to see the trend that we started to see with Paris Campbell, who's only 18% rostered? Should we go ahead and look at him again as far as picking him up if we are in wide receiver trouble? Or is this like a one-week happenstance? How you felt about Matt Ryan before the benching, you should feel about him the same. We did see an emergence of, of Paris Campbell a little bit before. And I think you should go back to the well for sure. So, yeah, I like the Paris Campbell move. The, 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 the bad thing about it is they got Philadelphia next. Not how much, see how much, I'm not sure how much he would do in that game, but the following week they have Pittsburgh. Mm. You know what I mean? So he'd be a good a good pickup as well. I like Paris Campbell. He's only 18% rostered in most leagues. Kadarius Tony of the Kansas City Chiefs, 51% rostered. He caught four or five targets for 57 yards and a touchdown. He also added two carries for 33 yards. So it feels like Tony's going to be much more involved than he was prior to. I mean, he played on only 44% of the snaps. So I can see that only kind of increasing. Is Tony someone that we want to take a shot at? Or is this going to be the week that you choose to play him is the week that he's probably not going to produce? I'm also keeping in mind, Juju is probably going to miss minimally next week. And don't know if Hartman's abdomen injury is healed yet enough for him to play, which he didn't play on yesterday. No, I like Tony, man. He's just getting more comfortable as the week's going. He looked good. Hartman is out. Juju is out. Progress by elimination. So he's up. He's the next man in line. That little jet sweep that the Chiefs like to run, he got it twice. That's usually a play that McCole usually gets. I think he broke one for like Mm -hmm. 30 yards yesterday. Yep. So yeah, I, I like Tony, man. He's a guy that can really maneuver in space. Yeah, I love Tony. Go get him for sure. Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver Cleveland Browns, is only 35% rostered. We only have a couple weeks before Watson is going to be back, which check your waivers for one Mr. Deshaun Watson as well. It's a possibility that he may you know, still be available out there. So check that out. Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, he caught five passes for 99 yards, and that was with Jacoby Brissett. Cleveland has been showing that he's definitively the number two wide receiver there, opposite of Cooper. He's been coming through with a lesser quarterback, and in a minute, he's about to have a significant quarterback upgrade. So if he can catch five for essentially 100, 
Goodrich without a true to heart starting quarterback, what is he going to be capable of when Watson returns? So is this a guy that you're possibly looking to stash or you're going to wait and see when Watson comes back to kind of see how that goes? Or how do you feel about him? I like people's Jones. Watson just he's able he's eligible to practice this week. I like people's Jones. I mean, grab him now before Watson gets back, in my opinion. Like you said, he's been playing some good games as of, as of late. I think he was getting like 70 yards and in the last like so many odd games at least 70 yards receiving in the last one two three four four games or five of the last six games so yeah for sure and the schedule is very very sweet around playoff time so Watson should be back in the fold you got Baltimore New Orleans and Washington okay so I love people's Jones on the back end he's definitely a guy I'll be looking for I actually tried I put actually put in a waiver request for him but someone that had a higher priority than me. I, I was going to put in a request for him, but I saw a couple of other wide receivers out there that I thought, hmm, you know what? I'm more likely to get this guy. So I, w- I went ahead and picked up Slayton, who is definitively the number one wide receiver for uh, the Giants at this point. They, they're forcing the ball his way every week now. And I also picked up Jahan Dotson on the off chance that he does something tonight. I'll already have him. I um, mean, if he doesn't, I'll cut him in the middle of the game. He'll be on my bench. So. <laughs> I figured that that would be more prudent than going after people's Jones just because on one instance, it may could possibly be a wide receiver one for his team. And then the other guy is more likely to get the touchdowns. Zay Jones, Jacksonville Jaguars, only 22% owned. Um, he's been pretty steady, especially if you're talking about PPR, things of that nature. He's playing a high amount of snaps. This week, he played 92%, ran 46 routes, saw 10 targets. He caught eight up, 68 yards on those eight. But if we're talking PPR and you're talking about somebody that you can literally scoop off the waivers and throw in in a pinch, this guy's putting up double digits. He reminds me of where Myers of the Patriots, he, he kind of reminds me of where Jacoby Myers was uh, last year as far as that guy that's sneakily putting up PPR points, but nobody really recognizes it. They on a buy this upcoming week, the Jaguars, but on the return has a favorable uh, schedule. Yeah, Baltimore, Detroit, and Tennessee all in a row. All teams that's not good against wide receivers. So yeah, I like Zay Jones, especially if you're in a deeper league as a play. Nick Westbrook Ikine, Tennessee is zero percent rostered, y'all. They've had all kinds of issues at the wide receiver position. He caught five of eight targets for 119 yards and two touchdowns. The fact that no other wide receiver on their team is that a week like this tells me that they're probably going to look his way a little bit more because he's the only one that's shown the capability to get the job done. So if you can pick him up for free, maybe see what he does next week to see if he still has that same amount of looks or opportunity. Maybe this is a guy that can become a little bit more relevant and become stable as far as fantasy is concerned down the stretch. Lastly, if you're looking to pick up a tight end with Waller going on IR, Foster Moreau may be a starting tight end that you can get absolutely free. So I would, you know, take a look at him. He only saw four targets and ended up catching three of them for 43 yards. But based on the, you know, tight end landscape and based on what it might cost you to go and get one of the guys that is already producing, he's a guy that you might want to throw on the tail end of your bench for free just to kind of see how it shakes out. You got anybody that I didn't think of as far as waivers are concerned? I think you pretty much hit on most guys. Um, People Jones, Christian Watson, Paris Campbell. 
Yeah, I think because I mean at this point, I mean you pretty much scratching, clawing. Oh, you digging deep now? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, definitely digging deep for sure. But somebody just took some injuries yesterday, and somebody got somebody that's about to be on by. So you know, hey, that's what we're here for to help you navigate through the tough decision. But that pretty much wraps it up for the waivers. Let's go ahead and give them a little bit of trade deadline advice. People that aren't in a position to win or people that feel that they're in last ditch effort mode may be willing to do some strange things this week. I wouldn't count out any trade. This is one of those throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks kind of weeks because you just never know where someone's mindset may be or how much of a panic move they may be willing to make. This is definitely the week where you try to do the quantity for quality type of trades where, you know, hey, I'm going to fill in three, four of your starting spots and just give me the best guy on your team because those four guys <laughs> are going to compare a whole lot more than what you can get just from the one guy that you can start. So you can start your one guy and lose this week and your season's over, or you can start three or four decent guys and have a chance. This is the type of logic that people will be susceptible to over the next couple of weeks. What you got for trade deadline fantasy advice? Oh, man. Um, it, you know, it, it all depends on how your roster is constructed. You should have an idea who's who's ahead in your league, who's the guys that's uh, probably likely to be there standing in the end. If you're one of those guys, I would just recommend keeping my core team together. If you have some good quality on your bench where you can maybe upgrade a, a, a certain, maybe a tight end spot, something that's kind of like everybody's pretty even in unless you have Kelsey and Andrews. So if you have a certain uh, player, you can upgrade those spots. I would. If you're at the bottom, I mean, sometimes you have to just go all in. If you're a guy, if you're a losing guy, you have a big fish. You know, you have a Dick Henry. You have a, you have a, a Jefferson. I would, I would definitely put these guys out there and maybe you can pull a haul back. You know, maybe get you two yeah. or three guys and fill out the rest of your team and try to move forward. But make sure you get the, their worth. You know, don't sell it. You know, don't just, if you're going to sell them, sell them high. You know, I mean, that'd be my advice. Sell your players high. If you're at the bottom, you're trying to get back into things. But sometimes those core players, they haven't been working for you all year. And sometimes you have to just balance the team up. So, for example, yep. if you have a Jefferson, uh, maybe you can make a move and get a few guys. Maybe you get a Pollard and a you know, wide receiver. Hey, that'll work. You know what I mean? Things like that. Yep. That's a good example. So, sometimes you have to take that get a two-for-one and you know, kind of spread it thin like that and just kind of fill out the rest of your roster and see if you can get that production. So, that would be my advice. But if you do have any trade questions... Feel free to hit us up on those social media platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and the sense the trade. And I'll let you know if you should take it or not. Absolutely. And join us on the live show on Sunday. I didn't just have to be start sitting DSF. Whatever fantasy related questions that you have, by all means, uh, even if you just want to shoot the shit with us and talk some football. Join us on the live show on Sunday with the Fantasy Football Fiend Facebook group. Let's go ahead and deep dive into the week 10 results. <laughs> All right, good people. So we aren't going to go through all of the matchups, but there are some that kind of stood out for different reasons than others. Some players stood out in some of the games. The player that stood out the most to me, it looks like JT might just be back. The issue with that is a lot of people traded him for pennies thinking that he was done for the year. And then a lot of people may want to trade him now, assuming that he may not be able to be what he was on yesterday for the rest of the year and it's more likely that he returns to what he was in the other weeks 
How are you feeling about this coach team who ended up winning 25 to 20 on Jeff Saturday's first game as a non-qualified head coach? <laughs> How are you feeling about this team going forward with some of the changes that Saturday came in and immediately made, such as going back to Matt Ryan? I mean, I was saying that's the best choice anyway. I understand, like, going to Sam. I agree. <laughs> Hellinger, like, you spent his money, you bought in Matt Ryan, the veteran, the former MVP. It was just a better choice. I mean, so I wasn't really feeling it when they made the move anyway. But this new guy, it's a 30-year-old guy, actually, that's calling plays now. He just said, hey, let's let's not reinvent the wheel, right? Let's go with what works or what's been working for us. Let's put the ball in the, in the hands of the best player on our team. And that's what they did. I mean, John, the, the offensive line is not that good, but at the same time, Jonathan Taylor is a good enough player and athlete. If he gets an opportunity, if something breaks, he could take it. You know, he's a home run from anywhere on the field at any time. So, and that's what happened this yesterday. Game. Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly. happened this game. Like, you got sometimes just to keep giving them opportunities. It may not be looking good, just like a, um, just like Derrick Henry. If you look at yep. his yards per carry, it gets higher as he get more attempts. So once he get over 12, 12, 12 to fifteen carries. He's averaging like four to five yards a carry. So you lean on the you lean on the defense as as later in the game, and they don't want to tackle you at that point. And that's what it is. So I, I like what it did. I mean, it should have been that way the whole time, in my opinion. But kudos to Saturday for having the mind to to go back to that. One of the week's biggest disappointments for me was the Saints' offense. This was a twenty to ten game that Pittsburgh won. T.J. Watt is that dude, man. The Steelers' defense looks completely different with just that one dude back. Even with Mika Fitzpatrick not being able to sure up the secondary, and, and he should be back next week or week after, I, I still don't think that the Steelers are going to position themselves to do anything special this year. I don't think they're going to like pull out any type of a playoff position or anything like that, not even wild card. But how do we feel about the Saints' offense? I just knew Chris Olave was going to have a a ridiculous game. Kamara didn't do much at all. Like, like, is this just what Pittsburgh is with TJ or is this something more significant as far as the Saints offense is concerned? Well, they haven't had really good quarterback play. It's been, you know, mediocre. So that's what you're going to really have. Uh, they haven't really got the run game going as much. I mean, if you look at a guy like Kamara, I mean, he only had eight carries. That's just not enough. You know what I mean? Like, nah, it's not. And this, game <laughs> not nearly. this game didn't get away from them. It didn't. That was a, that was the scary part. Like, yeah. So he only had three catches and he had eight carries. What did he do? Like, it's just not it's not enough. Like I was saying with Jonathan Taylor, it's one of those guys. Like, just give him volume. This is your best player. Give him volume. You no longer have Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry limping around. Like, this is your best offensive weapon. Put it in motion. You know what I mean? So I, I think the play call hasn't been good. Mediocre quarterback play. I can very well see them maybe giving Winston another shot. But just stay tuned on that. I say, why not? I mean, you you know Dalton ain't it. Winston being a few more weeks removed from his injury, maybe he shows you what made you give him the starting position to begin with now that he's a little healthier. Maybe they're fighting for <laughs> draft position at this point because they don't have a, a team that can do anything in the playoffs. Uh, got a lot of holes to fill. The Broncos, we talked about a little bit earlier, they lost 17 to 10. Is it okay now to drop every Bronco that you have or trade every Bronco that you have if you can or what? Because this Broncos offense ain't going to be fixed this year. I don't know if they're going to be fixed next year because I don't exactly know what's wrong with them, but I know that it's just not working. Javante Williams has been missed, but they have decent enough running backs that that shouldn't throw off everything else. Russell Wilson just don't look like he's the guy for this offense. 
unfortunately for them, they just backed up the Brinks truck and he ain't going nowhere no time soon. So all the pieces around him will change before he does. What we got on the Broncos? The running back room, absolutely not. The wide receiver room, absolutely not. Russ, absolutely not. The only guy that's probably worth owning on this team offensively is uh, the tight end. If you're that deep in the league, you know what I'm saying? You need that tight end help. He didn't do much yesterday. It's bad. You know what I'm saying? This offense is just horrible, man. There's nothing. If you can trade these guys, by all means. But I'm not sure how the buyers are going to be. There's people not going to be lined up at your door to take Sutton, Melvin Gordon, or Russell Wilson. So, Facts. <laughs> if you have a person in your league, if you're in a deep two quarterback league, something like that, you have a person that has a needy quarterback, needy a quarterback, he may take Russ. Because he just want to get those. Just want a body. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would, I would, I would do it that way. You know, if I'm going to move him, I'm moving to the more quarterback needy guy in the league. The Vikings versus Bills game was one for the ages. This ended up being a 33 to 30 point victory for the Vikings. And now beating the Bills with their starting quarterback. I don't know that we can say that they're a under the radar team anymore. Like they have been. They were able to. I mean. <laughs> crazy game man they, they should have won it in regulation and then like just go back they're going to play this game at least three or four times on nfl network if you didn't get a chance to see it you you really need to see this game i mean it was it was crazy crazy good but cousins was able to do his thing jefferson is looking like he may be the best wide receiver to ever play in the nfl at this point i mean his numbers are showing that that sentiment isn't hyperbole as of right now he's He's up there with those guys, like the Jerry's of the world. We're going to have to see if they're able to continue to do this. But the Vikings offense is kind of hitting on all cylinders at the moment. That TJ Hawkinson signing kind of opened up Jefferson Huge. a little bit more. Huge. I mean, it's it opened up the running game a little bit more, too. Huge. Do we think the Vikings are actually that team? I mean, offensively, yeah, but if they can stop anybody, that's what's really going to come down to what the defense does. I mean, the offensive weapons are there. They have a decent quarterback, good run game, good receivers. Like I said, the addition of Hawkinson has really opened up things. I mean, this guy has like 18 targets in the last two games. He just got there. He's already being leaned on heavily. So the Vikings, I mean, in this, especially in this division, I mean, they're going to run away with it, but they're legit. I mean, it's going to come down to can they stop someone from scoring? That's pretty much it, because I think they're able to put up points. Can you stop anybody? And as you can see, the game they just played against the Bills, it was a pretty back and forth. Absolutely. Those are the kind of games they don't want to get into, to be honest. Same sentiment. Lions versus Bears. It's going to come down to who, who, who they can stop, because both of those teams are putting up points almost every week. Justin Fields is a revelation. I just, I'm worried for him, because this guy can't stay healthy in college. And you're running the ball more than most running backs. It's not a sustained winning formula. You, you aren't really winning very many games with that right now. And if he gets hurt, then what do you do as a team? Especially this year when there's nothing to play for. I don't know that I'm just letting him go out there and run around like he's doing. I mean, I know you don't want to stop him because it's exciting and all that kind of good stuff. But man. One lick and he could be he could find himself in in a two a tongue of a lower situation from a couple of weeks ago. This yeah. is just it's scary to me, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't so, want to depend on him in fantasy. Like I just don't think he's gonna make it through the fantasy. I wouldn't want to depend on him for my playoffs. I don't think he's gonna make it. Yeah, I'm kinda of with you on that. Um at the beginning of the season I was saying this offensive coordinator, he he draws up a lot of design runs, but it seems like 
It's been it's been a few design runs, but most of Fields' runs seem like it's been a breakdown. Like Reed not there, I'm out of here. Yeah, nobody's open. Let um, me run. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy had 147 yards rushing. Crazy. Last week, 178 yards rushing, bro. I mean, two and then two weeks, so he had 28 carries. I'm with you. That's that's what what running back has had 28 carries in the last two weeks. Right. I can't I can't think of one to be honest with right. you. So he's been he's been getting out of there as of late. And it's it looks good for fantasy. You know what I'm saying? It right. Looks good. It's um, great but, for fantasy, but man. And if I'm a Justin now, if you more than likely if you have Justin Fields on your team, especially in a one quarterback league, you probably had a better quarterback. He probably was yep. your bench guy. I will move him. I Absolutely. Would, I, I don't think he's gonna make it through the fantasy season. I would move. Not him just today. that, but if you look at his playoff schedule, they got Philly and Buffalo. I would I would go ahead and, and get a haul back for him. You know what I'm saying? Filling in some other position you may need, whether it's wide receiver, or running back. Because right now you could probably get anybody in your league for Justin Fields right now. He's fish grease. Close to it. And especially Close we talking about yeah. like those. Those teams with the quarterback needy guys, more than likely they're quarterback needy, they're probably heavy in other positions. Yeah. So those are the guys I'll be leaning on. The Cowboys went up against the Packers. This was a 31 to 28 point win for the Packers. I'm not exactly sure what happened to Dallas's defense in this game, but this was not a game that the Packers, who haven't really been able to score on anybody, should have put up over 30 points and took the win away. Also, with that being said, the Cowboys, and this has nothing to do with fantasy, should have went for the field goal to tie the damn game instead of whatever the hell their coach was thinking. Everybody and their mama knew Dallas going into overtime against Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to turn out great for that. I'm not exactly sure where the mindset of the Cowboys are or was on yesterday, but as far as fantasy was concerned, Dak was able to do what he needed to do. Lamb had a great game. I did. I wasn't expecting that. You could you could tell when Zaire Alexander yeah. was on him versus when you know they kind of put him on the other end of the field. Green Bay is actually one of the better defenses that they're going to face for the next few weeks. Putting up 28 points on, on the Packers actually kind of gives me a little bit more confidence in that Dallas Cowboys offense going forward. It was an interesting game, uh, but again, this is the games that you should win if you're the Cowboys. They let good old. Roger sneak back up on him, and now that I think he has found some life with this new this new toy he got, man, he might have found some life, man. The Cardinals went up against the Rams, and the Cardinals put up points as if their quarterback wasn't hurt. <laughs> Colt McCoy was able to show and prove, and I stated on last show that Colt McCoy is normally one of those guys that is professional enough for you not to miss very much on his one or two games that he may play. It's the long haul that he ends up going back to what he is, but 27-17, to 17, Hopkins was able to get double-digit targets. Moore was actually able to have a pretty good game. That's another one of those guys that you may want to go after on the cheap if someone is willing to trade based on Hollywood Brown. This, this is redraft, especially with uh, Hollywood Brown not coming back. It looks like his role is going to be solidified there. And if Ertz is going to be out for a couple weeks, I can see Hopkins and Moore getting that many more targets. So it's going to be interesting to see how that team ends up working out. I'm kind of hoping that this win and the amount of points that they were able to put up with the backup kind of put Kyler Murray's ego in check slightly. Highly unlikely that that'll happen. But when you and they see that they can win with you or without you, it, it should kind of humble you just slightly. 
that pretty much takes care of the show for this week. We'll be back to you in just a couple of days, making sure that we get you ready for week 11 and making sure that we get you on through the dog days of fantasy. Now is the time that we're positioning ourselves for playoffs. Make sure that you make those changes, especially with your bench. For those guys that may have a little bit better at matchups, even if they aren't necessarily quite as talented, you can't start everybody and you're better off not having difficult start sit decisions so even if that means packaging up some people and maybe making an upgrade and getting rid of a little bit of the depth that you may have accumulated over the season over the next couple of weeks is going to be the time to go about doing that as we approach the trade deadline make sure that you get with us on sunday on facebook so we can answer any of your questions that you may have and we out <laughs>